So as I was um, sharing with you about some things during the offering there, these are some things that Carla and I in this church has practiced for a long time. And um, there were times we felt like it wasn't working. There was times we felt like, you know, we, I don't know, maybe we're misinterpreting scriptures or something. But I want to tell you, this works, guys. Sowing and reaping works. And I just, I really want you to realize that you don't have to get mad at other people when you can plant seeds and reap harvest yourself. Right? We blame people for our problems when really we can sow for better things and reap for better things, so why blame other people? It's not in their control what comes into your life. It's in your control what comes into your life and stays in your life. And I know for Carla and I, you know, there was a time we were in big debt. We were almost a million dollars in debt personally, and the church was millions of dollars in debt as a church. And I, I am so blessed and so jazzed to be able to tell you today, our home, our cars, everything at the home is paid off and we've got reserve. Our church is completely paid off. The land, the building, and we've got reserve. Every bill is paid off. No debt at all. Did you ever, did you ever praise the Lord for that. Did you ever, did you ever, did you ever think that maybe it's not working? Maybe, you know, year decades went by guys and I'm not saying it has to take people decades it took us decades I guess we're a little slow but we got it and the Lord told us he said I'll sustain you and keep you young until you get it <laughs> and we're very thankful so we're being 87 years old this year and uh, the Lord <laughs> the Lord sustained us <clears throat> I'm joking I, I'm 63 and she's one year younger, but I can't tell you her age. <laughs> okay, Carla Ray. <laughs> but it works, church. And, and no wonder the Lord said, don't be weary in well-doing, because you will be weary, tempted to be weary. No wonder the Lord said, don't cast away your confidence. You'll be tempted to cast away your confidence. Say, this tithing doesn't work. This sowing doesn't work. I'm so glad we didn't say that. I'm so glad we stuck with it and said, Lord, we know your word's true. We're going to reap if we faint not. And we did, and we're continuing to reap, and we're going higher. And you know, a lot of where our tithes and offerings go to is it's not all the poor. We support the preaching of the gospel. We support people that have 100 times more than we have. Well, why are you giving to them? Because they're good soil. They're doing great things, and we want to be a part of it. We also give to the poor, feed the hungry, and convoy of hope, and other places we give to a lot as a church and personally. But one of the greatest places we give is to other ministries that are doing great things and that are, are where we want to be. And so we just encourage you, just look to the Lord and don't give up because harvest is coming. All right, if you would please turn with me in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so since this is Baptism Sunday and Food Truck Sunday, we won't go super long. So let's pray that I don't. <laughs> okay. Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help this morning. We're asking that you would give us exactly what we need to hear. You know what our life is like. You know what we've been through. You know what we're going through. You know what's around the corner. And we say, prepare us, help us, quicken us for the next steps of our life in ministry. Show us things we need to see today. Help us, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit and your powerful word of God to get exactly what we need. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. For the last three weeks that I've been teaching, this will be the third week, we're talking about what the Bible calls manifestations of the Spirit. Things God initiates in the earth realm to bring great power and great deliverance to people who need help. Did you know we can initiate some things and not have to wait for God to initiate? And we need to be working on that daily. But will there ever come a time you may not just have enough faith to get what you need? Maybe. Probably. Well, aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit has extra power beyond what your faith has the power to produce and he still wants to help you? And there's things that, the, when it comes to manifestations of the Spirit, we're talking about ministering to other people who need great help beyond our ability to help them, beyond the earth's ability to cure them, beyond medical science to cure them. God does not have the word incurable in his dictionary. There is nothing incurable with the Lord, though man 
doesn't have all the answers. The Lord does. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's just read some scriptures here. And then we'll talk about some more things and continue on kind of where we left off last time. In 1 Corinthians 12, somebody tell me the very first word. Shout it out, church. Yeah. You shout at a football game, it's okay to shout in church once in a while. Now, what does that mean? That means you might want to read chapters 1 through 11 to see what you got to hear before now. <laughs> right? Very important word. Now, concerning the things of the Spirit, brethren, I know it says gifts in the King James, but it's italicized, meaning that word is not in the original manuscript in this verse. Paul is talking about things of the Spirit. Things above the natural realm. He's talking about uh, supernatural things. He says, I don't want you ignorant. Now concerning spiritual things, brethren, are the things of the Spirit. I would not have you ignorant. He's, talking to, he's not just talking to pastors here. He's talking to the entire church of Corinth. Every member in the church. That would include us today. God said, don't be ignorant. Now the same God that said, don't kill, said, don't be ignorant. Which one's more important? <laughs> it's hard to say because it comes from the same God, right? Who wants us to do something or not do something. He says, don't be ignorant of spiritual things. So what should we do? We should say, okay, whatever I got to do to not be ignorant, I'll do it. If you really want to get somewhere in life and you really want to get somewhere in the power of God, you have to make sure you're not just serving the Lord when it's convenient and when you have time. Many times in your life and my life, we will have to put things on hold if we're going to put him first. Things we've planned, things we've done, things we've... Many times you will be called upon throughout your life by the Lord to do something that you were not planning on doing and that you don't have time to do. This is where you see how committed you are to the Lord. That went over like a lead balloon now, didn't it? <laughs> so he says, concerning the supernatural brethren, I do not want you ignorant. And now if you bounce down to verse 4, he says there are differences of gifts, but the same spirit. So he is talking about gifts, but not just gifts. And differences of administrations, aha, we're beyond gifts now. So no wonder the word gifts is italicized in the first verse. He's not just talking about gifts. He's talking about administrations of the Spirit. And in verse 6, in diversities of operations of the Holy Spirit. But it's the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit. And that's what we're talking about. Manifestations of the Spirit. God actually showing up in the earth realm perceptible to men. God doing something in the earth realm beyond us initiating something. The Bible talks about God stretching forth his hand to heal. That's different than us appropriating healing as children of God. The Bible talks about um, the gifts of the Spirit in the area of healing where, where Peter said, the faith which is by him has made this man strong whom you see and know. So they used some faith, but God's faith came on the scene and raised a crippled man from crippledness who was crippled from his mother's womb. And the Bible says in Acts 19, God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul. That's different than you and I initiating a miracle by faith in the word. This is God actually doing something, whether anybody likes it or not. And he worked a miracle through the hands of Paul. There's times where the gifts of the Spirit need to come on the scene because for one reason or another, people aren't making a faith connection and God still wants people set free. And this is something we need to be very interested in because we are growing in our faith and there may be times we need something in our life that our growth of faith has not gotten up to the level to receive yet. There's still these things that can come on the scene and still help you out. Isn't that great? Well, you'll, I hope you think it's great because you're probably going to need some of these things sooner or later, you or your kids. Um, so he lists then, if you look on here, the manifestation of the spirits given to every man to profit with all so we should all be open to being used of God in these areas and you're not going to be open if you're ignorant. So let's look here and not be ignorant. Verse 8, for to one is given by the Holy Spirit the word of wisdom. That's talking about knowing things about the future that haven't happened yet that only God could reveal to you, only way you would know. 
To another is given the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. That's talking about knowing things that are or that have been supernaturally. No way you could know except the Lord revealed it to you. To another, faith, that's special faith in the Greek, by the same Spirit. To another is given the workings, or excuse me, the gifts of healings. And we think that'd be a good gift to see in our church. Gifts of healings, where God stretches forth his hand to heal. By the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these worketh that one in the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So these manifestations are as God wills. These are God choosing to do things because he wants to. Are you following, church? This is God initiating things in the earth realm. But if you read through the scriptures, God tells us how to initiate things we need in the earth realm. Not even having to wait for him to initiate. If you're waiting for God to initiate your healing, you might not get healed. Because that says he, he wills and manifests in the gifts of healings. I didn't say healing for you is not his will. I'm telling you healing this way is not always his will. You know, if God always healed us without any faith on our part, we never grow in faith. Why develop in faith? He, he's just going to come on the scene every time we need something. No, he wants you developing in faith. It's very important to develop in faith. The just shall live by faith. But God wants to do more of these things that we're reading about here than we've been allowing him to do. And the thing that's been hindering God from being able to do more of these gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit, is not enough knowledge, not enough desire, and not enough yieldedness. So I say we work on our part so he can do more of what he's been wanting to do. Can I get a witness, church? So I want you to think about now, just for a couple more minutes, on the word now. Now concerning manifestations of the Spirit. Now concerning things of the Holy Spirit. Now, in other words, I couldn't start off in chapter 1 talking to you about these things that we're going to talk about now in chapter 12. There's some things I had to address. There's some things I had to deal with. Do you realize, church, that when we're talking about manifestations of the Spirit being used of God in this powerful way, we better be a little more than babies. Perfect example. How many of you think it would be a good idea to give your four-year-old your loaded gun and say, let's go shooting? Why? Is there anything wrong with the gun? No. But there is something wrong with it in the hands of someone too immature to know the power of it and the safety features that are a part of that. It's love to not turn up the power when somebody's too immature. So Paul had to deal with some grow-up issues. Can I, can I just show you a couple of those grow-up issues real quick? Go back in the same book to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. You know, growing up spiritually is similar to growing up physically and mentally. It takes time. And here in chapter 3, Paul said, and what, can you remember what 12 said? Now, now concerning spiritual, brethren. Now concerning spirituals, brethren. Now concerning the, the realm of the spirit, brethren. Now he says here, and I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual. But as unto carnal, what is carnal? Babies in Christ. Spiritual babies. Well, what is carnal? It means natural. Feeling oriented. Feeling dominant. This scripture says carnal is babyhood. Christianity. One translation says body ruled. What is that? What is being body ruled? What, what is it when our bodies are calling the shots more than our spirits are the word or love? It's called babyhood, body ruled, Christianity. And Paul said, I want to talk to you. He, he had to get, what, what, chapter 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. He had to get eight more chapters out before he could talk to him about spiritual things. 
Look at some of this here. Let's look at here. Look at verse 2. Paul said concerning carnality, now I'm not able to speak spiritual things to you because you're not at that level yet. I fed you with milk, not with meat, and up to now you're not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able to bear. What? Stronger teaching. For you are yet carnal, or we could say baby Christians, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal? Or what's another word for carnal? Babies in Christ. And you walk as men. Now the Amplified says you walk as mere men. We are not mere men anymore. We are born again, children of God, part human, lot of God. If you're born of God, some of him's in you, right? Well, this scripture here says we're not mere men anymore. We, we got to quit acting like the world. Acting like we used to act before we were saved because we don't, we're not walking as men anymore. We're not just men. Here's what he meant by that. Look at the next verse. For while one says, talking to the people in Corinth there, one of you says, I'm of Paul, my favorite preacher. Another of you says, I'm of Apollos, my favorite preacher. No, Paul's better. No, Apollos is better. Why listen to Paul? Why listen to Apollos? I guess we could read it like this today. He's saying this is carnality. Um, well, one of you says, I'm of Kenneth Copeland. I'm of Andrew Womack. I'm of Keith Moore. What, what, what does that mean? You're carnal. There's something we need to be really checked on in this time. And that is having Christian celebrities like the world has worldly celebrities. Listen why he said that. He says, well, one says, I'm of Paul, another I'm of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Who's Paul? Who's Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters anything, but God that gives the increase. You know, I was checked on this. I was, I was thinking about, I, I am... I think it would be really good for all of us to adopt a new mentality about social media and watch out about quoting our favorite preachers and giving them the spotlight. How about we find out in the scriptures where that quote came from and quote the Lord? Okay, I got to say that again. How about we find out where that saying came from in the Bible and quote Jesus and glorify him? Men don't need glorified. I mean, even for their sake, I mean, we, we want to make sure we're not putting men up too high. They didn't die for us. And, and this will also help keep you in check that if you post something on social media, you hear a great phrase that somebody quoted and you requote that, that's some wonderful life-changing phrase. What if it's not even in the Bible? I mean, really, I mean, there's a lot of things that are against scripture that sound amazing to the suke, to your psychological part. Oh, that's awesome. That, that's amazing philosophy. But is it truth? You have to watch out about quoting your favorite preachers and not giving the word of God the credit for what they said if in fact it came from the word of God. I don't like that anymore. I used to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't, I don't. I don't care if anybody knows it comes from me. I want them to know it came from the Lord because when demons and the evil day and the powers of darkness come against you in life, you saying what pastor said is not going to get you through. You're going to have to say what it is written in the Bible said if you're going to get through. Jesus, Jesus didn't just quote you know, religious celebrities and Pharisees of the day. He said it is written, the word of God says, boom, 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 and the devil left him. That's almost like those seven sons of Sceva in the book of Acts where they were dealing with a man that was possessed with the devil. <clears throat> possessed with the devil. <laughs> and um, he, he was possessed and they were going to try to cast him out. And so they said, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the evil spirit answered and said through the man's voice, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And it said the man who was possessed leaped on these seven other people guys and they all ran out of the house naked and wounded the devil beat them up why because they were going on secondhand info 
saying they're trying to do what Paul did. They had no personal hookup with God themselves. They, they didn't know the scriptures for themselves. They just knew what Paul did. And they didn't, it didn't work for them. Well, if you want to be spiritual and not carnal, you have to come up from these things. Paul had to deal with this. He had to say, listen, you guys, you got envy, you got strife, you got divisions. One saying, I'm a so-and-so, I'm a so-and-so. You got these little divisions going in the church, these factions going in the church. And it's destroying you. I don't like what the devil's doing to our country. I don't like what the devil's doing to the church. The devil was there personally when Jesus said a nation divided against itself will fall flat on its face. And the devil heard those words and said, oh, so I don't have to send nukes. I don't have to send guns and bombs. I can just get them in enough division. They'll kill themselves. Oh my goodness. I've never in my whole life, and I've been around a while, 63 years, I told you earlier, I've never ever experienced this much division ever in our country, in the church. I mean, we've got people in the church fighting over grace and faith, tithing or not tithing. I, I'm of this, I'm of that, you're blah, blah. And then we've got people in the country fighting Democrats, fighting Republicans, and, and these people fighting these people. There is so much division going on in our country right now. We don't need Russia to attack us. We're doing a fine job ourselves. And if you want to do something to help correct that, walk in love. Quit trying to voice what you want. Yield to the Holy Ghost. See what he wants. Put your own wants down. Let the power of God come on the scene. Besides that, while we're debating, we're not praying. And while we're debating, we're not fasting and praying, getting more power from heaven to help this crazy world. It's one thing to talk about the junk that's happening. It's another thing to go deeper in God and bring more power to the earth that it needs. And if you really want to have fun, come to Wednesday nights because we're talking about fasting and the power of fasting to change you to be more open to the leading of the Spirit and do greater things for the people around you. Well, there's a good plug for that. Hopefully it doesn't cut in half now after I said that. Um, Turn with me, if you would, please, to Hebrews chapter 2. Everybody say this. Maturity. Maturity. Then power. So in Hebrews chapter 2. It says in verse 4. Actually, no, let's back up to verse 1. Hebrews 2, 1. The Bible says, therefore, Christian, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Do you all realize quantity can't make up for quality? When you hear something from a sermon or a preacher or a teacher that really causes your spirit to leap You need to hear it again, and then again, and then again. Why, Pastor? Well, for one reason, this scripture right here, we ought to give the more earnest heed to brand new sparkly doctrine we've never heard before. No, that's a trick of the enemy to get you to vacillate, to not be rooted, to break rank, and not stay where you're supposed to stay and be where you're supposed to be. He knows that our flesh likes new, fresh, zing, bow, wow. But this scripture says, you need to give the more earnest heed to the things which you have heard already, lest at any time you let them slip. And then he says, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape New Testament believers if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So there again we see the gifts of the Spirit are as He wills. I submit unto you 
He wills to do a lot more in these areas than we've been allowing him to do, largely because of ignorance in this area, lack of hunger and desire for these things, and lack of yieldedness and sold outness to the Lord to actually believe we could be used in these areas. Well, that's what these teachings are for to get us unignorant, right? Full of desire and more susceptible to his leading when it comes to ministry time. Turn to Matthew 15. There's something I really felt impressed the Lord to bring out today concerning this. I said it, but I want to explain it. When God manifests himself in the earth realm through what the Bible calls manifestations of the Holy Spirit, that's him initiating things according to his will. Everybody say, God initiating. God initiating miracles and healings and glimpses of the future and supernatural revelation and prophecies and God initiating. Manifestations of the Spirit are God initiating. And I want to draw a, a clearer line here with the help of the Lord between God initiating, let's say healing, and you initiating healing because of your family right. There's something we need to see here because a lot of people are waiting for God to manifest healing while they're just living their own life, doing what they want to do. And sometimes they get healed and sometimes they go to heaven early waiting for a manifestation of the gifts of healings or workings of miracles or special faith. Well, that's not the will of God. And I want to show you a really clear contrast here in Matthew chapter 15 of how we can initiate our own healing that God wants everybody to have versus God initiating something as he wills. This is very, very important. I want to say this again. I think I said this earlier. I want to say this. Just because God's not initiating healing every hour on the hour does not mean it's his will that some people aren't healed. It is the will of God that every sick person on this planet is completely healed, healthy, and whole forever. Even though he's not always initiating gifts of healings every hour on the hour, that doesn't mean that's the only way to receive healing. I, I encourage people all the time with this great revelation, read the Bible. Find out for yourself. There, is, there are approximately six or seven ways you can receive healing from the Lord. One of them is God initiating it as he wills. And if that's the only thing you're waiting for, you may or may not make it to the end of your life. Because if he's not always initiating the healing and there's other ways to receive and you're not interested in those other ways, whose fault is it if we leave early? Not the Lord. He gave us six other ways to receive healing. And if we're just waiting for one way, when we could be growing in faith and appropriate healing and us initiate the way that the Lord told us to, well, then that comes on us. I, I see so many people frustrated with Christianity, with church people, because they just, they want the full blessing of the Lord, but they don't want to change their life. <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about falling on the rock and breaking. Nobody wants to do that. But if you want this new, higher, wonderful life, you have to. You can't even get saved with giving your entire all in all to Jesus. And so some of these other blessings, they're waiting to be partaken. They're, they're waiting to be received. But some people just aren't in position. They're not doing what the Lord told them to do, to receive the healing. So look here in Matthew 15 in verse 21. I want to show you a lady who initiated her healing. She was not waiting for the Lord to initiate it. She was not waiting for a gift of the Spirit to come on the scene. She did something and got a miracle. Look at verse 21. Then Jesus went from there and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And check it out. A woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, you son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Let's just stop there. Don't read on. Hold on one second. Stay with me here. It's very important that we know where she came from to have some idea why her daughter had demon problems. How many know you don't just walk down the street and get a demon? 
There are certain practices. There are certain giving ins to the flesh over a period of time. Certain thoughts you think of over a period of time that lets things into your life like this. Do you know why the Lord tells us not to think on junky stuff and not to do weird things with our bodies? And do you know why he tells that? Because he don't want you opening the door to evil stuff. Not because he's God and you're his little child that has to do what he said. God wants you free from oppression and darkness and fear and hurt and harm and stuff like this. Vexation. You know, what starts off as an original desire that's continued on in, that's continued on in, that's continued on when the enemy get, takes notice of that and starts seeing a door open. And now it's no longer an original flaky desire for a sinful thing. Now there's an evil spirit there enforcing that thing and now deliverance has to be on a higher level. Everybody say this, shut the door, shut the door. on the devil. On the devil. If you, you want to live above the devil's torment, Control your flesh and control your mind and you will do well. So he said, the Bible said, this woman was a Syrophoenician woman, another writer of the gospel says. Syrophoenician. In other words, it's very important that you know where she came from. The practices of the Canaanites were absolutely perverted. Ungodly crazy. You read some things in the Old Testament, some of the things they practice in, in, the, in these, this area. And this woman was from that area. And the Bible is making it very clear. This woman is from a nasty place. Obviously, how did her daughter get uh, grievously vexed with the devil? Probably from some of those weird practices being around them or involved with them. There's no hope for anybody like that, is there? Well, let's keep reading. It says, she cried out, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he, Jesus, answered her not a word. Think about this. Well, it must then mean it's not God's will to heal her daughter because she didn't get her prayer answered. It must mean that Jesus doesn't want her daughter healed and God doesn't want her daughter healed because he didn't answer her prayer. Uh, newsflash. Unanswered prayer is no sign God wants you to stay sick. It just means you may need to press a little closer. Go a little lower before the Lord. Receive a little correction. Not be offended. It's so interesting. This woman started out not real good. She was getting nowhere in her prayer to God for her daughter. But because she didn't give up, because she was willing to change, because she was willing to humble herself, because she was willing to not be offended, she got a miracle. And you'll see that in just a second here. But isn't this interesting? How many people give up at the first sign of impossible? How many people give up at the first sign? Well, the Lord didn't answer my prayer, so I guess he wants my child to stay sick. No, let's read on. Jesus answered her not a word, which was no sign. Jesus wanted her daughter to stay bound. Jesus answered her not a word. And his disciples, Jesus' disciples, came and besought him saying, send her away, Lord. She's crying after us. She's bothering us. She's freaky. She's crying after us. Help me, help me, help my daughter. Help my daughter. Help my daughter. It's, like, it's like the Lord answered her not a word. Now the most holy men on the planet other than Jesus are saying, send her away. I mean, it's like, come on, lady, get a hint. God don't want to heal your daughter. Jesus ignored you. The disciples want you out of here. Go home, bear your cross, and your daughter's going to be freaky all her life. Leave the Lord alone. What if she would have done that? She would not have initiated a healing that belonged to her. And people would have said, see right there, she cried, cried to the Lord personally, prayed a great prayer, said, Lord Jesus, have, son of David, have mercy on me. It's very interesting that she said exactly what other people said who got a miracle and she got nothing. Do you know you can copy people and get nothing? Did you know you can say what others said and do what others did and still get nothing if your heart's not surrendered like their heart was surrendered? 
Son of David, have mercy on me. Where'd she get that phrase? Probably heard a testimony. Yeah, you should hear this blind man said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, Son of David, have mercy. And, and the Lord said, Come unto me. And, and the man got healed of blindness. She goes, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Okay, there's Jesus. Jesus, have mercy upon me. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And the Lord didn't even answer her. It's not just outward words that gets result. There's things in the heart that open and close the door to the Lord. Well, so Jesus ignored her. The disciples said, she's bugging us, Lord, send her away. And then it says, he answered and said, lady, I am not sent. Un I am not, excuse me, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now she finally gets his attention and he goes, lady, I'm not sent to you. You're not part of Israel. I've got a calling to Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not called to you, so goodbye. What's going on here? She's having opportunity after opportunity to get offended or to grow up and get something good. How many people do you know would have left church at the first one when the preacher ignored them when they said, pray for my son, pray for my daughter? That'd be like you coming to this church today and me, or whoever's up here, Mark Hankins, somebody else, Dominic, Rachel, and somebody come up here and say, oh, come, could you please help me? Help, help, help my daughter. She's grievously vexed with the devil. And, I, and they just look at you and walk away. How many people do you know would leave offended? And how many people do you know would not get a healing for their child? You got to be a little tougher than that when it comes to spiritual things. And quit giving up so easy. And thinking, well, I guess the Lord doesn't want me in that church because they were rude to me. He may want you exactly in that church because that's where you're going to grow up and have some challenges to pull up those weaknesses on the inside of you. Well, here it's so interesting. He said, lady, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Next verse is amazing. She's still there. <laughs> She's not run off spitting mad. Totally offended. He, she said... Oh, she came to said, Lord, now, now look at this. She, then she, she came and worshiped him, which means she fell down, hit the dirt, and said, Lord, basically, I think this is what she said. said, Lord, I'm done trying to copy. I'm done trying to do what others did. I'm done coming to you just so my daughter can be healed. I actually worship you. And let me just make it real simple, Jesus. I'm not going to copy anybody else's phrases. Just please help me. What's going on here? She is growing quickly in some really good things. I don't know how long this transpired. Maybe an hour, two hours. I don't know if she cried after the disciples for a while. I don't know how long this took. Not real long. But now she's saying, Lord, she's on her face. Help me. Do, do you know that true worship always is the beginning of your healing and miracle. Yeah. You'll see it throughout the New Testament over and over again that people came and the first thing they did was worship the Lord. They fell down publicly at his feet, didn't care what the other Pharisees thought, didn't care what the other people thought, fell down at his feet, worshiped him, and a few verses later, all these people were healed because they wanted more than healing. They wanted his lordship. Well, it says... Keep reading. She came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not right to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. What's going on here? Lady, get a hint. God doesn't want your daughter healed. Lady, get a hint. It's not God's will that everybody be healed. Lady, get a hint. It's not God's will. Come on, if it was God's will, your prayer would have been answered. If it's God's will, the Lord wouldn't say, it's not right for you to have healing. It's not right. For some people, it's not right to have healing. Oh, church, get this, get this. Oh, my goodness. Jesus just told her and said, you are not a part of the people I'm come to minister to right now. Now, he died for the whole world, but right then in that time period, he was ministering to a backslidden Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Israel was in a very backslidden state at this time. And he said, daughter, he said, woman, he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. 
So now he said, lady, it's not right that I stop what I'm doing over here and give you healing over here. The bread is for the children, not for the dogs. What happens if we pass up all opportunities to be offended, grow up a little spiritually? What, what, what happens? You're probably going to get what she got. Do you know some people need some heart adjustments before they can receive properly? Some people need some heart adjustments before they can receive properly. And if you run away from opportunities to be offended, you stay a baby, you don't grow, and God can't give you what you want. Or actually, let me put it this way. You can't receive what you need from the Lord because you're out of line. God still wants you healed. God still wants you delivered, but you can't receive. If you don't make some adjustments in your life, you won't be able to receive what God eagerly wants you to have. So we better be open to adjustments. Can I get a witness, church? All right. So now here's the interesting thing. Here's what's really cool. She falls down before the Lord finally gets real with him, says, Lord, help me. And the Lord gives her one more thing and says, well, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now, I believe because of her humility and her honesty, the Holy Ghost gave her some words. <laughs> I believe the Holy Ghost helped her and said, we're going to supersede law right here. We're going to supersede uh, the old covenant right here. We're going to supersede natural things. We're going to supersede everything because faith supersedes it all. You don't have to be right. You don't have to be in the covenant. If you have faith, you jump over all those things. Oh my goodness. Check this out. She's not a, she's not from she's not a part of the of the children of Israel. She's a, a Canaanite woman. She's a Syrophoenician woman. And she said, "Truth, Lord." All right. Yes, I'm a dog. I know Jews look at Samaritans as dogs and it wasn't quite as gruff as we think today, but still they were looked at as a lower class. I, okay, she said, truth, Lord, bow wow. If the Lord calls you a dog, what should you do? You should go bow wow. I'm a doggy. I'm a doggy. Truth, Lord, truth, Lord. I agree. You didn't lie. I'm a dog. You didn't lie. I'm a dog compared to the covenant that you have with the children of Israel. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Can't you see Jesus going, she just heard from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost just spoke to this Canaanite woman. The Lord knew, I believe a big smile appeared on his face and he said, woman, from that nasty place? Oh, woman. Oh, woman, somebody from above just gave you some words that opened up a door that no man can shut. Jesus said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Now notice, be it unto you, even as you will. Religion says, it's all about God's will and God's will only. Jesus said it was about her will. And Jesus said it was about her faith. What happened here? This woman got a miracle by not quitting and believing and adjusting in her faith, adjusting in her heart, not quitting, overcoming offense, getting to the point where she got in connection with the Holy Ghost. He gave her a word. She spoke it out. Jesus said, that's it. That's all I need. You can be a Canaanite woman. You don't even have to be part of my covenant. You can be outside the covenant. You can be a dog and you can still get a healing for your daughter if you don't quit and believe. Mm. What's that called? What's that called, church? That's called initiating what everybody on this planet has a right to. That's called not waiting for God to initiate something. I, I wanted to bring this out in these teachings because you need to realize that you can still get from the Lord what you need by you initiating a miracle based on what you know the scripture says and making the adjustments and changes as you're seeking the Lord. You can initiate a, a healing and not have to wait for God to initiate it for you. That doesn't mean we don't need manifestations of the spirit. We need them all over the place. Many people don't have any faith at all that need help. 
and they don't have time to grow in faith, so we better believe for these manifestations. But somebody just read it like this. And I hope you're getting this because I hope you take this to other places because a lot of people need to hear this right now. Too many people are waiting for God to initiate. Most people on this planet in the church are waiting for God to initiate a healing. They're doing very little about initiating a healing themselves. And that's why we don't see deliverances and that's why we don't see healings and that's why we don't see miracles because people are praying a prayer like this woman and seeing if anything happens and if it doesn't, then I guess I'll stay this way. As opposed to going deeper, getting closer to the Lord, burning the midnight oil if you need to, stopping some things, crucifying your flesh, praying, hearing some sermons, going to church, digging into the scriptures like a treasure chest, finding nuggets, finding gems, and realizing, oh, I just haven't been in position. I need to get ready. I need some heart adjustments. I need some... I'm so... I'm so touched every time I hear somebody who says they prayed, they didn't get an answer, they didn't get delivered, I guess it must be God's will that I stay this way, whether it be sick, whether it be in an alternative lifestyle, or whatever. I, I guess this is just the way. Do you ever think about pressing deeper? Do you ever think about this passage of scripture where it says, she prayed. She cried after the best disciples in the land. Still no results. She didn't give up and go, well, I prayed, and then I prayed again, and I'm still this way, so I guess this is who I am. <clears throat> On the contrary, if who you is don't line up with who Jesus says you should be, you need to not stop pressing until you get your answer and get the power you need and get the victory you need. Let, let me, <clears throat> there's, well, I'll show, show that later. So let me read these four things to you. Does it mean it's God's will not to heal you when your prayer is not answered? No. No. Happened to this lady. Does it mean it's God's will to not heal you because Jesus is not sent to heal you? No. Does it mean it's God's will not to heal you because Jesus says you have no rights to Israel's healing? No. He told that to her. Does it mean it's God's will not to heal you because Jesus calls you a dog? No. We have this scripture right here to prove. None of those things prove it's God's will you stay sick. You just keep getting closer to the Lord. Why? Because you want to initiate a healing, don't you? Well, I just, I just, I'm going to pray and wait and see what God does. Well, that's up to him and that's as he wills. What are you doing with your will? What are you doing with, with your faith? Because you can still initiate a healing on your own. You don't have to wait for God to give you something you can initiate. Most of the church world is praying for and waiting for God to initiate the things they need. I really want you just to see this. And this we'll, we'll close with this. Um, there's a lot more really good stuff I want to share with you guys. Just some stuff I got even recently about the gifts of the Spirit and about the more excellent way and what that really is. And there's just some revelation there. But for time's sake, since we do have a baptism now, just keep this on your mind. We want manifestations of the Spirit in our church on a much higher level. Miracles are needed. There's things we need from the Lord that our faith isn't quite to the level yet to receive, but he still wants to have us, he still wants us to have those things anyway. And that's where manifestations of the spirit come in. And really Wednesday night and Sunday morning are kind of going hand in hand right now. Things we can do, or we're talking about some things on Wednesday. I don't have liberty to share on Sunday because it's a little too deep, a little too challenging. But if you want, if you want to stay with me on this, I'm not going to stop this since the Lord says stop because he, he's not having me teach this so we have knowledge only. He's having me teach this so he can do more of these things like miracles, healings, gifts of the spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, glimpses of the future. You know, I was thinking about just, and I'll wrap up with this because I know we got to stop. When it, when it comes to like the gift of the word of wisdom, the very first one he mentions in the scriptures there, manifestation of the word of wisdom by the spirit of God. I was thinking how beneficial this gift is today. I was thinking about how in 2 Kings chapter 6 where um, the enemy king 
was having secret meetings with his captains and his military saying, we're going to go over here and hang out there and we're going to attack Israel and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. So let's go do it. And before they got there, the prophet told Israel where they were going to be because the prophet knew by a word of wisdom where that enemy was planning on being in the future. And so the prophet would tell Israel and Israel would prepare and the enemy was all ticked off because they couldn't win their battle. And it happened again and again and again. And finally, the, the king of, the, of the, the bad guys says, who is the spy around here? Who's leaking out this information? And the guy said, nobody here, sir. There's a prophet in Israel that knows what you do in your bedroom. Now that's what the guy said. That doesn't mean that's really what the way it was. He just figured, man, if he knows all this, he probably knows what you do in your bedroom. But no, he didn't. He just said, man, this is, this is freaky. This prophet knows everywhere you're going. And so they went after Elisha and tried to find him and kill him. But then all these angels appeared and didn't work. But I thought, how valuable, how, how valuable to know where a shooter's about to shoot? Who knows those kind of things? Who knows the future so well that he knows where a shooter's about to open fire. The Holy Ghost knows. And the word of wisdom is the gift of the spirit that God wants us to operate in to help us in the earth realm. He wants to do these things a lot more than we've been opening the door for. I was thinking about the whole thing in, in the book of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy where Paul said, now the Holy Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some are going to depart from the faith. What is that? That's Paul knowing something about the future no way he could know except through a word of wisdom. 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, Now this also know, Paul said, in the last days, perilous times will come. People are going to be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, truce breakers, without natural affection. You know, doing things against nature. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, denying the power. What is that? That's Paul getting a glimpse of the future of the day we're living in 2,000 years ago by the word of wisdom, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm excited about these things because we're going to see a lot more power and manifestation in this end time church than we've ever seen before. Let's stand up. Uh, guys, you can come up. The band's going to come up. We're going to have our baptism. It's 1130. It's still early. All of you that are here, please don't leave. Please don't leave. It is so precious that you would stay here and witness this baptism. It's only going to take a few minutes. Then we're going to eat. The food trucks will be here. But it's so important. These people are going to, uh, before you, before the angels, before all the universe, they're going to show that their faith in Christ is real and that they're going to follow the Lord in water baptism. So please hang out as their loved ones. Um, I believe you can be seated again at this time. Uh, they want to stay standing? Okay, you can stay standing. Rachel says you can stay standing. You can stay standing. That's right. So go ahead and take over. Let's uh, witness the Hallelujah. water baptism. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 